stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, well, we talked about the Ontario election a little bit earlier. And indeed, Doug Ford is going to be the Premier of Ontario. They have a fairly solid majority. And so they'll have an opportunity to govern. They'll have an opportunity to address the things they say they would address and that need to be addressed. And certainly wish them well. There are a lot of problems in Ontario. I think they need to be cleaned up and we'll see whether they have it in them to do it. Obviously, there's going to be some ramifications across the country. Ontario is a very large and important province. And so, yeah, people are paying attention to what happened. By the way, it's interesting to note, and there was a tweet last night from the Broadbent Institute, named after Ed Broadbent of the NDP, and so you can imagine where their politics lie, uh, suggesting that that Ford's majority government is once again a reminder that we need electoral reform. Now, I mentioned this earlier. The percentage of the vote that the PCs got in Ontario last night is precisely the same as what the Alberta NDP got in 2015 here in Alberta. 40.6%. 40.6%. And pretty much the same percentage of seats. 61, 62%. They, they, they didn't tweet that then. And I don't think they would have tweeted it last night if the uh, NDP had won in, in Ontario. I, I think one's appreciation for certain political uh, electoral systems maybe depends in large part on the outcomes that they produce. If a party you don't like gets in, the system's broken or it needs to change or it sucks. Uh, and if you like the outcome, then, hey, things are fine. Things are okay. Things are great. Don't need to change it. And maybe there's some of that on both sides. But it was evident last night in, in people saying, my goodness, how can a party with 40% of the vote get a majority? This is an outrage. It has to end. It is a quirk of our system, I'll admit it. Uh, we don't often get true majorities where parties get more than 50% of the vote and get majority governments, typically 40% is a fair likelihood you're going to get a majority government, depending on the the circumstances. Uh, B.C. is a province that has often produced some uh, odd results in terms of percentage of votes versus seat allocation. But by and large, for all its warts, I I think first past the post is probably the least worst system. I'm okay with it. I realize it's, you know, gave us a liberal majority in Ottawa, an NDP majority uh, in Alberta, a PC majority in in Ontario. Uh, That's okay, I guess, all things considered. Probably, I think, better than the alternative. So, sure, one of these outcomes where people are going to be loudest about it are the ones least happy with the results. Nothing new there. Uh, Like, for example, NBC last year, just had to pull it up here. John Horgan is the premier, as we all know. <laughs> We're all well aware of that fact. Uh, but his party got fewer votes than the liberals under Christy Clark. Uh, just barely. 796,672 to 795,106. 40.36% of the vote versus 40.28. And true, the liberals uh, did win more seats, 43 to 41. Uh, and then there's that Andrew Weaver guy. So anyway, I, I wanted to mention that, just that point about electoral reform and the outcome last night as compared to other elections. 
But a big shift from the approach of the Ontario Liberals to now Doug Ford as, as Premier and the Ontario PCs. Uh, Jason Kenney, leader of Alberta's UPC, or UCP rather, <laughs> reacting to, to uh, Ford's win last night. Here's what he had to say today. Yesterday's Ontario election is a great day for Albertans. We now have in future Premier Doug Ford a huge ally in our effort to fight Justin Trudeau's federal carbon tax and a champion of Canada's resource industries. Uh, it's going to be critically important for a future Alberta Conservative government to have uh, allies around the table uh, when we deal with the federal government. And now we have in Saskatchewan uh, and uh, Ontario, the largest province, uh, provinces, premiers that are dedicated to joining us in fighting Justin Trudeau's carbon tax in court. Um, I've spoken to Doug Ford uh, a couple of times about uh, the carbon tax and uh, he quoted me uh, repeatedly over the past four months of his leadership and election campaign endorsing my fight back strategy uh, and saying that he looks forward to joining Jason Kenney's effort to fight Justin Trudeau's carbon tax uh, in court. Uh, so we, uh, uh, I anticipate that uh, the, Ontario, the new Ontario Conservative government will be filing an application to join uh, Premier Scott Moe's constitutional challenge of the Trudeau carbon tax. And I'm looking forward to doing the same thing uh, after the provincial election a year from now. Yesterday was the uh, second uh, anniversary of the imposition of the NDP's punitive carbon tax on everything. The largest tax hike in Alberta history and the biggest lie in Alberta political history. They didn't mention it in the campaign that happened just a few months before. Uh, and uh, this is a, but we're now about one year exactly from uh, the, the, the swearing in of a future Alberta government, if it's a United Conservative government, Bill Number 1, in a special summer session of the 2019 legislature, will be the Carbon Tax Repeal Act. If Justin Trudeau then tries to impose his federal tax on us, as I say, we'll join Saskatchewan and Ontario in fighting for the interests of Alberta taxpayers. Uh, but I also, as I say, think it's important we have a new Ontario government that um, is an unabashed ally of our natural resource industries, of energy, of oil and gas, of uh, forestry and mining, uh, and that is very important. Finally, yesterday was a huge and humiliating uh, repudiation of the same policy agenda in Ontario that's being driven by Alberta's NDP. The high tax, high debt, uh, interventionist uh, policies of the Wynn Liberals are uh, almost a carbon copy of uh, the Alberta NDP's policies. And I think we're going to get what we saw yesterday in Ontario is a foretaste of what we're going to see when Albertans get a chance to speak on the NDP's high tax, high debt agenda. Okay, uh, certainly I think there's, there's one point that's absolutely true. When it comes to pipelines, I think we can probably, I would say almost certainly, uh, count on Ontario's new premier as an ally on that front. Now, the current pipeline debate hasn't really centered around Ontario anyway. Even when Energy East was still on the table, Kathleen Wynne seemed to kind of tentatively support it. I have no idea where Andrea Horvath would have been, but most NDP politicians outside of Alberta tend not to like pipelines very much. Uh, so that is true and, and potentially very helpful. Anyway, let's go to the phones here, 974-8255. Derek, welcome to the program. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Pretty good, thanks. Good. Um, I think that Doug Ford in Ontario is um, is as or more extreme to the right as Rachel Notley or even Andrea Horvath was in Ontario or is in Ontario. 
Having said that, from what I understand, my dad, my dad for one person, is a very quite conservative person. And if it wasn't for Kathleen Wynne screwing things up over the past four years and then predecessor McGinty doing it as well, um, he would have he would have probably voted for the Liberals because he does not like Doug Ford, but he thought he was the the less uh, evil of all the evils, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much what I have to say. I think that I think that a lot of people are going to realize that you don't want one extreme or the other, and you don't want to, like we had in Alberta last election, vote for anybody but. And that's what's going to happen, I think, over the next little while. Ontario is a relatively progressive province, whether you're talking about ur- urban or rural, to be honest. Um, they're going to find that a lot of Doug Ford's policies are not quite the ones that they're hoping for and that this isn't nearly um, the savior to Kathleen Wynne as they thought he was. Well, interesting point, Derek. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, obviously time will tell. I, I'd be, I mean, I'd be reluctant to say Doug Ford is far right. I mean, I think Matt Gurney said it well, that, that he's much more of a, of a populist than a conservative. I think he's viewed as one, maybe just more so in terms of his his tone or his rhetoric as opposed to his philosophies on on any given idea. So I I don't really know how he intends to govern. And, you know, a couple of terms as as a city councilor doesn't give you much uh, of an indication. So he'll he'll have an opportunity to prove himself. He'll have an opportunity to demonstrate who and what he is. And I think they had a pretty capable slate of candidates, too, which probably helped. Because I think Andrea Horvath, whether she was likable or not, they had a lot of weird kind of wingnuts in the NDP there. And that might have that might have hurt them. So, I mean, yeah, for conservatives who look at Doug Ford as a hero and those who look at him as, you know, some weird far out there crazy right winger. I mean, you might both be wrong. But like I said, we'll have to wait and see now how he governs. Uh <laughs> So, and the, the other side of it is, I mean, you know, certainly in Alberta context, the NDP are to the left. I, I think the NDP in opposition were much further to the left than they've had to be uh, in governing. I mean, make no mistake, they've certainly uh, taken the, uh, the direction of the province in a left-wing direction, but uh, I think less so maybe than, than people expected. Not that it's going to be enough to, to save them necessarily next year, but uh, certainly you can point to uh, other governments in Canada that have certainly been much more to the left than this one. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.